Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, uh, we're going to uh, finish up our series this morning on Choose Your Path. Uh, if you have your Bibles with, with you this morning, you can turn over to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to uh, go there. And, uh, and as uh, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount for some time, but you know, this message that uh, Jesus is always speaking really causes us to step back and to think about our lives in a fresh way. I don't think uh, that you can read the Gospels and not be challenged by the things that Jesus says to us. And uh, today we're going to wrap this series up uh, and choose your path. But Jesus himself really is bringing all of his teaching to a climax at this point. Uh, he's bringing it to this point, and then he, challenge every, uh, he challenges everyone that's in the earshot of him uh, to not only pay attention, but to uh, listen and to hear what he is teaching them about building on a solid foundation. We all need a solid foundation. We all realize how important a, a good foundation is. Uh, for any kind of building that is built and in our world today. And if you're going to build a tall building, for example, uh, they're going to move away the sand. They're going to move away the soft, uh, pliable soil. They're going to get that out of the way. And then they're going to dig down into a place that is solid and firm so the building can stand firm. And so that when the storms come in, it doesn't crack uh, when earthquakes happen, right, down in Oklahoma or something, that doesn't crack here, uh, and those kind of things. So a foundation is important, but what we build that foundation on is more important than anything. And so uh, we've all walked into buildings and uh, noticed maybe a crack here or a crack there, but, but when you're able to put your hand in the crack of a foundation, you have to start asking a question. All right, what, what do we do here? What, what can we do to remedy this? How can we get this right? And, and we look at that from a spiritual standpoint as well. And Jesus has been spending quite a bit of time teaching people about the kingdom of heaven. And, and one of the concerns he has for his listeners was, was that they didn't just hear what he said and then keep on moving down the road and forget what he said. And ignore what he said. That that is what something that shouldn't happen. And how many times have maybe in your job, maybe you've went to a uh, uh, went to a meeting, a special meeting, and you listened, and uh, or it's a seminar. You, you listen to everything they said, and then you step back and say, "Well, well, I didn't gain anything new out of this. Well, what was the big deal? Why should I have even come to this? You know, have you, have you ever been there? Boy, you guys are quiet this morning. What about you guys online? Have you ever been there? <laughs> well, we've all been there at one point or the other, right? Maybe it's, it's been at school. Maybe it's at your school, the same thing has happened, or maybe at church. Oh, Lord help us. I hope not. 
But the fact is, I do want to challenge you on that point, because really what happens in our lives as we hear things, uh, we need to be able to recognize that there is something that we can gain, something that we can learn. Doesn't matter who the speaker is, doesn't matter who that individual is, but there is something that we can gain from that. And uh, I'm sure that there are times that we're walking down this path of life that there are some diamonds laying, laying around us that we didn't even notice. Some diamonds are there probably out in the rough, uh, but, but maybe sometimes we don't want to pick them up because we don't want to have to do that extra work. Reality is, is we need to be able to do that. And we're in a setting like this, and when we get in the Word of God as well, we have to be able to pick those diamonds up, and sometimes it takes a little bit of work. Matthew 7, verse 24. Let's look to see what he says here. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the storms rose, and the winds blew and uh, beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had, uh, had its foundation on the rock. The next verse here, he says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. I don't know about you, but if you, if you get around sand very much, it's not very stable. And I know they may use it for filler for stuff, but it's, it's not the greatest stuff. And he says in verse 27, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these uh, things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as uh, the teachers of the law. So last week we taught, looked at verses 21 to 23, and it really comes right along with that because there they contrast, Jesus contrasted uh, the word saying and doing. And you know where Jesus said, everyone, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and uh, so on top of this, the, the, the will of the Father has become final in what Jesus calls these words of mine. There in verse 24, uh, we, we find here in this passage that we're looking at that uh, he's contrasting hearing and doing, not just saying and doing, but hearing and doing, listening to what the Lord is saying and then applying it to our lives. And uh, we find that Jesus' teaching is the ultimate word of God. It's the ultimate. And the word therefore, if you see it in verse 24, really connects us to the, the passage before that. Uh, and and uh, it helps us to understand that uh, Jesus goes on here to compare the person who says they believe, who's the talker, that's what I'm going to say, they're the talker, and the person who does the will of God, the doer or the walker, if you want to say, uh, these two kinds of people can be compared to the two builders and the houses that they built on the soil that they build on. It's interesting that in Palestine, as we know even here at times, that uh, torrential rains can come in, and uh, for them and the, and the land that they're in, they tend to have wadis, they're called, and they're uh, these dry riverbeds. And uh, so when the rain really comes in, it will just flash, uh, flash flood down through those things, and, and it can cause floods. And whoever's built near that wadi or right beside that, they may get flooded out. They may lose their house out of it. 
And so really only in the times of storms will they reveal the quality of the works of the builder. Have you ever built something before? Maybe when you were a kid for a science project, you built something. And when you did, you realized that uh, if, if uh, you put too much pressure on it, maybe you took it outside. Maybe you build a house out of paper, right? And you took it outside and the wind comes along and it blows it to smithereens, right? That's, that's kind of the way it is when we don't build our house and our spiritual lives on the solid rock of Christ and his teaching and his word. And we understand that. We're going to look at a couple things here this morning. Of course, we're going to look at the house built on the rock. We're going to look at the house built on the sand uh, and the builders. But we're also going to see the authority of Jesus as uh, the Matthew uh, kind of notes this about Christ, he, uh, speaking with authority. The first one is the house on the rock. This is, this is the doer. This is, uh, this is the walker, the one who walks out uh, their life. And it doesn't mean that people don't uh, stumble on their way, right? It happens, but we understand that they have to keep moving. And this person is the one who chooses to practice the words that Jesus taught. If you understand the context here, because it's the Sermon on the Mount, that's what he's talking about. All that that he's been speaking and teaching for this period of time, uh, there in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, is what he's talking about. And so we have to be able to practice them. He says, verse 24 again, he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise guy, a wise man, who built his house on the rock. And the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and it beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the right thing, right? And in reality, this is a simple concept. We understand it. Probably you learned it in VBS, right? We probably learned the, this, uh, this passage in, in Victory, or Victory Bible, uh, 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 Vacation Bible School. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> and so, uh, but we see that it, it's a, it, the storm is what is going to put the force on that house and to show if the thing is going to stand. And really what's happening here is Jesus is reminding us that there are going to be times in our lives as we serve him that we are going to have to get dirty. Sometimes we're going to have to be able to help others when things don't, don't look greatest, the greatest, right? Sometimes we have to lend a hand when there is time to lend a hand. And Jesus taught us several things. He taught us to be the servant of all, right? That's one of the things he taught us. But when someone treats you poorly or, or, or it uh, makes you uh, feel bad, it's hard for them to treat, to treat them well as a person. But that is what Jesus taught us. And Jesus called the person uh, who chooses to do right a wise person. He called them wise. He, he said they're wise. He didn't say they were smart. He didn't necessarily say they were intelligent. He didn't talk about all that stuff, but he talked about wisdom. He talked about being wise. And, and it's important for us in our life that we become a person that is wise according to Jesus' standards. And really, it's saying something for him to call you wise. J.I. Packer, he said it this way in his book called... Uh, uh, called Knowing God, he said these words. He says, wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. 
So really, uh, it's you, you're able to see ahead a little bit. You're able to look ahead a little bit to be able to see what's coming down to the pike, coming down the pike, so to speak. And uh, really, uh, the, the, this, uh, this guy that's building on the rock realizes that the storms are going to come at some point in their lives. In the spiritual sense, the storms will come. That's just a reality. We can never get away from that because that's life. That's where we live. Those storms will come. And because of that, we have to make those choices in our lives in advance to be able to follow the will of God and not just any old thing that comes along. We want to be able to serve the Lord and walk with Him and allow Him to work in our lives. This type of person is a person who wants to know God and to serve God, and they want to have a goal, and their goal is heaven because they realize that life is more than just living down here on this earth. The life that we have, we have a job, we have a family, we live a life, yeah, that's good, and those are some great things, but it's a lot more than that. As followers of Jesus, we want to rec recognize that heaven must be our goal because we want to get there and be with Him. We don't want to be the type of person that says, you know what, yeah, uh, I want to go to heaven. I don't know if I'll see Jesus, but I, I want to go to heaven. You know, some people say things like that, but hey, if we want to go to heaven, we, we're going to see Jesus because uh, Jesus said it this way in uh, John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It's a reminder to us of who he is and what he has done for us. If heaven's your goal, then Christ is the way. He is the way. Now, Jesus also spoke about hearing his words in the parable of the sower over in Matthew chapter 13. And we'll just touch a few of those verses there. But he says it here in verse 8, this. He says, seed fell on good soil where, uh, where it produced a crop, 160, 30 times what was sown. And then later on, he says in verse, I think it's 23 there, he says, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. Are you good soil? Are you good soil? In other words, are, are you getting it? Are you understanding it? And for us as followers of Jesus, we, we, uh, we have to be able to get what the Lord is saying. And I think there's so many times that we could all say that maybe before we come to faith, we didn't quite get it. But there was a point in our life where we recognized what Jesus was saying, and then we said, okay, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. Did you hear Jesus' message on the kingdom of God and understand? If you did, Jesus said you were good soil, and there's really something great about that because uh, it's kind of like when you, uh, if, uh, who many, how many people like watermelon? I like watermelon. Yeah, a lot of you guys like watermelon. That's great. Uh, that's great. Uh, somebody at Jody's work gave us an Israeli cantaloupe here the other day. And I don't like cantaloupe, but actually that Israeli cantaloupe was better than regular cantaloupe. We'll just say it that way. I ate one bite and that was it. I think the others ate the rest. But what? So, so you're going to take watermelon, right? You take watermelon seed and you plant that. You plant it in its little hill in the garden and you're trying to grow something good. And, and, and before long, as you water it, as you fertilize it, uh, there's going to be some buds that come out of that vine. And then those buds are going to change over and they're going to become a watermelon. 
and it's going to grow. You're going to have a crop out of that, right? You're going to have maybe 100 times or 30 times or, or at least more than one, right? You're going to get something good out of that. And that's, that's the thing is you're going to have a crop. But the church, a person who chooses to practice uh, the words that Jesus taught will have a crop. But since they built their house on the rock of Jesus' teaching, when life storms come, they won't be blown away. Now, that doesn't mean we're not rattled at times, right? There's times that things come in our life, and we didn't choose it, but the storm chose us, and we are rattled a little bit, but that does not mean that we're blown away. Why? Because we have placed the foundation of our life on the rock of Jesus and his teaching. We have to be willing to make sure that it's there, and then once we have it there, then we need to make sure that we maintain that foundation. We have to make sure because water comes. Drought comes. You know, in times of drought, you know what happens, but the soil shrinks back, doesn't it? Soil shrinks back away from your foundation, and the foundation may start moving. It's going to crack and those kind of things. Maybe you have to water your foundation. You have to do those things. You have to make sure that you're building your life on Christ and then maintaining your life in Christ. As followers of Jesus, we need to recognize what he has done for us. We won't be washed away. Verse 25, he says it there. He says, the, the, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. So the wise builder looked ahead, knowing trials would come, and he heard what Jesus was saying. He chose the best and the highest goal. His focus was on the Lord. His focus was on heaven. His focus was on salvation. His focus is on eternal life. Her focus is serving the Lord. That's where we must keep our focus. You see, the greatest storm has to do with the end time salvation and of humanity and also God's judgment. The point is that the wise man builds to withstand anything. When you're building on your spiritual life, when you're building, are you building to withstand anything? Are you building to be able to make it through the things that you will face? Because we will all face things that are challenging in this world. Yet we must build to be able to withstand whatever comes our way. Whether it's hurricane, whether it's earthquake, whether it's tornado, no matter what it is, because it will come. And we've all been faced uh, some of this with the pandemic. We've all been rocked to some level through this. But we understand that the Lord is with us. And sometimes we may be pushed around a little bit, but that does not mean that our house has to fall. The person who chooses to practice the words of Jesus is the one who's going to have a crop. Have you built your life on a strong foundation? Is your faith solid uh, based on what you know or on what you have, uh, have built for yourself? Or is it based on Jesus Christ? You know, there's a lot of people that have the self-made man uh, uh, view in their mind, and they say, you know what, I've made, I've made all this, I've built this for myself, but we have to be able to step back uh, a little bit and see what God says over in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. Uh, he says, for it's God who gives us the ability to get wealth. In other words, he's the one that gives us the abilities that we have to live this life and also to have what we what we need and to have the jobs and gives us the skills we have to trust in him and recognize he is the one that sustains us 
are we building on the foundation of Christ and his teaching? Let's look at the next hearers here, too, uh, or let's look at the next building uh, and building project here. It's a, it's a different builder, isn't it? It's a different builder. It's the house to build on the sand. It's the talker. It's the one that talks about it, but hasn't been able to apply it or has, has not chosen to apply it in their lives. And this is a person who chooses not to put into practice Jesus' words that he taught. And look at what Jesus says here in verse 26. But he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the storms rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. None of us want to be there. None of us want to be there in that place. And that's why if we face challenges in this world, we have to go back and make sure that we are building on the right foundation. So the wise person represents those who put Jesus' words into practice, and they're building to withstand anything that comes their way, tornado or whatever, and we realize that, but then you have those who pretend to have faith or who have mental ascent or who just enjoy Jesus in small doses. And they become foolish builders. Isn't it so easy to go through the scripture and read and say, oh, that fits my personality. I'm going to do that. The Lord asked us to do this, and that fits me. So I can do that. Then the other stuff, it's like, that doesn't fit my personality. I'm not that way. I don't think I'm going to follow that. that is, but that's not the way it works, is it? The Word of God is challenging to every one of us. There's going to be some things that we just fit with us. You know, doing to others as you'd have them do to you. We, well, the, some of that stuff is just going to fit, but there's going to be some other things that are more challenging. And then we have to be able to step back and say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm going to allow your word to work in my life. And that's the thing is everybody walks through those things, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to help us. We have to be willing to listen to the voice of our Lord and apply His directions daily. One person said it this way, and I like the way they said it. They said, wisdom, wisdom is the, the uh, rewards you get for a lifetime of listening uh, when, you, when you would have preferred to talk. <laughs> That's hard for the preachers, right? The preachers tend to talk, right? Uh, but, that, but that's a challenging word. I think that for us, we have to be willing to, to step back and be willing to listen and to learn and to grow and to grow in our walk with Christ. Here again, Jesus talks about hearing his words in the parable of the sower there in Matthew chapter 13. And he says in verse 4, he says, as, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Then he jumping over there into verse 19, it says this, When uh, anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown uh, along the path. So these people listen, they listen to the Lord, they listen to what he is saying, but it seems like when difficulties come in their lives uh, that they don't they just don't quite understand it. Paul even writes about the Old Testament and how it's veiled to those who haven't yet come to faith. 
the old covenant, it's veiled to them, and uh, yet they, they hear, but they don't understand. And even in today's society, because the way our culture has shifted and changed, that sometimes people don't get it right away. They don't understand what the gospel means to them. And it's a time where, yes, we keep on talking, we keep on sharing the message, but it also means that we're going to have to be a people that is willing to engage people one-on-one. We must be willing to engage them to be able to help them and point them to Christ, the one who gave his life for us. It's just the, it's just the world that we're living now. And, and, and we realize that we have to focus on him. Verse 5 there in Matthew 13 says this, Some fell on the rocky places where it did, did not have much soil, and uh, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. It was a rocky and uh, then he says over in verse 20, uh, he says, But since they have no root, they uh, last only a short time. When trouble or persecution beca- uh, comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Here's where we're reminded that if we're going to weather the storms in our lives, that we have to build on a solid foundation. We have to build on what Christ taught us. It's so easy, easy to look at all the peripheral things when it comes to church, but for us as followers of Christ, we need to make sure that we're focusing on what Jesus taught us. Over the years, I've seen uh, many of these kind of people. They've come uh, to a service. They've had a powerful experience. Uh, they engaged the Lord, and the Lord engaged their lives. And it seemed like there some, was some real change happening in their hearts and their lives, but but their goal evidently was focused on the temporary. They were so focused on the situation that they were in at that time that what happened is, is they missed out on the full blessing that God had for them. And for us, we have to make sure that we don't allow that to happen in our lives. Because sometimes people, people's crisis, they will bring them to church, but now they have to really get themselves founded and rooted in Christ, who is our Savior. He's their hope. He is their hope. Jesus is the hope of the world, and He is your hope. Then Jesus said this over in Matthew 13, 7. He said, Others, other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked, uh, choked the plants. And the, word, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Is the need for our own personal lives a driving force just to have anything we want is that drive is that drive us does that rule us jesus said you can't serve god in money you can't serve stuff but if we're not careful in our culture money gets in the way of taking time to worship god and we have to make sure that that doesn't happen in our lives sure we sometimes we have to do it differently now with the covid thing right online and stuff we understand But we live in a world where work happens 24-7, right? That's just the way it is. I don't know that it was quite that way 100 years ago. I'm not sure. I didn't live back then. But but it's different now because we're on all the time and no day is sacred. But you have to find that time to set aside to worship with the body of Christ as we lift him up because he is good. 
And once you do, it gives you greater ability to build your life on the rock of Christ Jesus. Finally, we see Jesus taught with authority. We see this in the last few verses here. This was unique to the people of Jesus' time because Matthew says in chapter 7, verse 28 and 29, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the, crowd were ama- the crowd, uh, crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Something was different about Jesus. He wasn't like the rest of the teachers that they had at that time. He wasn't like the rest of the rabbis from that time frame. And this really culminates all of the teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. It wraps it up right here where he's talking about the authority of Jesus, where Matthew records this. It's wrapping it up here. And Jesus finishes this sermon with what people would have understood. This this demand for radical submission to the exclusive lordship of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He was not just any prophet, but he fulfilled the law and the prophets. Jesus warns those who don't follow that the alternative to total obedience and true righteousness and life in the kingdom is ends up being rebellion. It ends up becoming self-centeredness and eternal separation from God. But Jesus is saying, come follow me. He's reaching out to every human being and he is saying, come follow me. Come serve me. Serve with me. And allow my words to guide your lives. We have to ask, where did Jesus get his authority from? Why why was he any different than the rest of the rabbis that were out there? Where where did he get this authority from? Why why was Jesus' teaching uh, so so powerful for those there? And, And in his authority, Jesus was different from the teachers of the law. And many of them limited their teaching to the authorities that they quoted. And we tend to quote people too nowadays, don't we? We tend to quote people as well. But the great part of their training is centered on memorizing traditions that they received, not just the scripture, scripture, but traditions as well. And they spoke, but they spoke by the authority of others, but Jesus spoke with his own authority. He was the Son of God. He was the Christ. He's the Messiah. And Jesus' entire message on the Sermon on the Mount is not only ethical or moral, but it's messianic in nature. He's the Christ. He is the Savior. He is the one to set people free. His entire message is important for us. Jesus is not an ordinary prophet who says, thus says the Lord. He's not. Why? Because when he spoke, he spoke in first person. He said, you say, but I say. You say this, but I say this. He spoke with authority as the son of the living God, as the Messiah, and as your Christ. Jesus decides who enters the kingdom of God. He's the divine judge. Also, he says that the true heirs of the kingdom would face trouble because their allegiance to him, right? 
So we call persecution, and that's what happened in the early church, and they faced that, and some still face that today. And he alone fully knows the will of the Father. Matthew shows us that Jesus' authority had been revealed in powerful and liberating miracles uh, right after this. In fact, if you see in chapters 8 and 9 and such, you start seeing after Jesus spoke this Sermon on the Mount, what happened? But people started being healed. He started working in people's lives. He was bringing transformation. What are we going to build our lives on? A pastor, a missionary friend of mine, I went to Bible college uh, with him to the university. And recently, uh, he mentioned that uh, he used to serve in India some years ago, a few years ago, and uh, as a missionary, and went in and they did church planning in some very difficult areas, and uh, saw got some good results as God really worked in the lives of people. And uh, uh, he said recently that uh, on the... Um, uh, that in India, really, the, they've had massive lockdowns like a, a lot of people have of nations. And it was really hard on the poor people. They really, it was really tough for them. Uh, and so with that, uh, one of the new church plants that they had where they had started this church has not all that old. And the pastor, I'll just call him Pastor S, but uh, the pastor, uh, because of fear of persecution, had since COVID took place and they weren't able to go to church or anything, they w didn't allow them. And uh, they were trying to say, you know, and we need to be online. But they hadn't been online before this simply because that they knew that it would, it would probably spark persecution for them. And uh, so he finally decided that's the only way I'm going to be able to reach our congregation. And so he put it on Facebook, and they went online, and it wasn't too long before a Hindu man called him, called him as a pastor and said, hey, uh, I have uh, been watching online, I've been watching your services, and remember, Hindus, they serve 330 million gods, uh, uh, it's uh, pantheistic, whatever they call it, and so this guy said, hey, I've been watching your service, but he said, my son has been sick for a very long time. And he said, would you pray for my son? And Pastor S said, yeah, I'll pray, for, I'll pray for your son. And so he prayed for his son, and God miraculously healed him and totally restored him. That, that uh, former Hindu man called the pastor up again and said, my wife and I have thrown our idols in the Ganges River and we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, and we would like to be baptized to show that, that we are following Jesus alone. What an amazing thing that God did in this guy's life. And he said, the pastor said that the, the unusual thing was, he said, I had never even talked to him in my phone calls. With him. I had never talked to him about his idols. I, he said, I had never talked to him about baptism. But the guy understood, and he come to faith, and God did a wonderful work in his life. The great blessings that come out of COVID, right? God is still working. See, there's no limitation on our Lord. There is nothing that can stop him or his kingdom. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what happens. We understand that he is still Lord. See, that man started building his house on the rock of Jesus Christ. 
He got rid of his idols that day. He got rid of those things that were in his way. He got rid of those things that maybe he had focused on for years. Maybe he grew up in that. But God did something in his life. And he chose which path he was going to choose, not looking back. Would you stand with me this morning? For us today, we want to make sure that we are focusing on Christ. That we're focusing on what he teaches us and how he has called us to serve him. And that we set aside every other thing that gets in our way in this world. Sometimes it's so easy to focus on a job. Sometimes it's easy to focus on what we have or what we don't have. It's easy to focus on all the things around us. But there are times that we need to make sure that we step out and put our faith in Jesus Christ, the one who has given everything for us. He has given everything for you. He has given everything for me. Let's open our hearts this morning. We're going to sing this last song together. We're going to worship the Lord in this, with this last song. But why don't you allow this to be a time where you speak out from your heart, where you sing out from your heart because you recognize that God has done something for you that no one else can do for you. Maybe you can't remember of a time that God has done something from you, for you. And maybe this is the time to ask Him, Lord, would you do something in my life? Lord, would you work in my life? There is no distance in prayer. There is no distance. He can meet you right where you are at in your chair. And He can make Himself real to you like never before.